So Jacob goes back to Esau, and he's terrified. Even though it's been 14 years, he thinks maybe his hot-headed brother hasn't calmed down yet. And he has good reason to think that, I would say. So he sends messengers to Esau, who then sets out with 400 men. And so Jacob is not very happy with this whole idea. And he breaks his people into two bands so that maybe half of them cannot be killed. And then he takes from his large flocks a bunch of animals and a bunch of servants, and he sends them out to meet Esau, basically to say, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a jerk, and uh, sorry about the whole birthright thing. And, uh, <laughs> and here's some animals, and, you know, maybe... Maybe that's the beginnings of, of an apology. It's something like that. And so, but he's not very convinced that that's actually going to work. But Esau, who actually turns out to perhaps have matured in the interim, perhaps that's one way of thinking about it, um, meets Jacob and says that just seeing him is enough. But Jacob insists that he takes the gift and Esau accepts. And, which is probably a wise thing because Even if Esau is 95% convinced that just seeing his brother is enough, there's probably 5% of him that's still really not all that happy. And so you have to be careful, you know, when you say that you forgive someone because there might be a part of you that really doesn't, that really needs something else before you can actually say, okay, look, fine. You know, and you don't want to fool yourself about that because that 5% that hasn't been completely convinced, will find its voice at some point and then maybe undermine the whole reconciliation process. You don't want to think that you're any better than you are or any nicer than you are. It's not helpful. And so Esau is smart, I think. So while Jacob's smart to say, no, no, like, thanks a lot, but take the damn goats. And (laughs) Jacob and uh, Esau is smart enough to accept that. And he might do that maybe to, you know, to please Jacob, but also, I think, so that there really is the possibility of establishing peace. Because, hypothetically, the gift that's being offered is of sufficient magnitude to erase the debt of the loss of the birthright. It's something like that, right? It's, 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 it's the payment of the real debt. And Esau said, what meanest thou by all this drove which I met? And Jacob said, these are to find grace in the sight of my Lord. And Esau says, I have enough, brother. Keep keep that that thou hast unto thyself. And Jacob said, and this is an interesting statement, I think. No, I pray you, if, if I have now found grace in thy sight, take the present at my hand. For therefore I have seen thy face, as though I had seen the face of God, and thou was pleased with me. And so that's, so he's, he's taking the honorable judgment of his brother, because it is honorable, because Esau did get betrayed. So he has a right to be standing in judgment. And he equates that judgment with, with, what would you say, with the highest of virtues. It's appropriate judgment. And so he wants, to make complete amends to Esau as if Esau is a representative of the divine element of justice. And I guess that's convincing to Esau. It's quite a thing to say, you know, that I need to be reconciled to you because that would simultaneously reconcile me with God. It's like, it's crucial. This is 
between us, but it, it's, there's a higher principle at stake that's vital. And I think that is the case with betrayal. That's very frequently the case because if you betray someone, you really have violated, you've deeply violated what can only be called a sacred trust. It's the right terminology for that. Take it, I pray, the, my blessing that is brought to thee because God has dealt graciously with me and because I have enough. And he urged him and he took it. So, you know, the story seems to be something like, well, Jacob was uh, kind of an arrogant, crooked, deceitful character, maybe over-impressed with his own ability. He thought it was pretty amusing to pull a fast trick or two on his brother. Then he ran off, which is not all that brave. And then he got walloped a lot and perhaps learned something. And then when he came back, you know, he was a different person. And so that's a... That's a reasonable story. And, you know, he, he has to repent completely of, about what he did before he can rectify the situation properly. And he's willing to do that. So that's an interesting idea too, because it's, 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 it's an early reflection of the idea that it is, if you do something wrong in the past, A, that you can learn from it. Right, so that you're actually capable of learning, and B, that you can set the balance right in the present. And those are very optimistic ideas, you know, because you might say, well, once you've committed some sort of crime, that's it, there's no hope for you. But that's pretty rough because the probability that you've done unethical things at some point in your life is 100%. And so if there was no way of setting the balance right after that, then everybody would be doomed.